Hello everyone, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Bothamley-Dakin, the show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. But this week we have something slightly different. I'm chatting to two Letas legends, Netherlands' Nikki Hofsted and Spain's Marta Marta about all things golf technique. Our brilliant duo are going to give you some simple tips and tools to help you take charge of your game. Nikki had a strong year last year, starting the season on the Sunshine Tour in South Africa. Nikki returned to South Africa to make her LET debut at the Joburg Ladies Open after two decent results. Here she neatly made the cut and continued her journey from Johannesburg to Cape Town for the other LET event in South Africa. This great and start to her pro career was followed by a season on the LET Access where she played strong and consistent. An injury has stopped Nikki from competing so far this year but we are so excited for her to return to Latas later on this year, hopefully in Switzerland. Meanwhile, Marta has been a steadfast player on both the LET and Letas for four seasons. Last year saw Marta record a T16 finish in the season opener in Kenya and placed T30 in the Shreda Dam Ladies Open in her home country in July. Both are certainly well equipped to give us amateurs some much needed advice. So if you want to know how to maximise practice time, how stats can improve your play and ways to improve all parts of your glorious game and more, listen in. Listening closely. Welcome, Nikki and Marta, to the Let Us Golf podcast. How are we both? Thank you. Uh, I'm doing very well. Thanks. How are you, Marta? I'm doing well, guys. Here in Spain, enjoying the sunshine. That's good. The weather must be better than here in the Netherlands because it's pretty cold and windy still. So uh, England's yeah. not too bad. To start off with, I just wanted to ask, and we're going to split this podcast into the different parts of the game, off the tee shots, the short game, and then putting. How much do you spend on each part of the game in your practice, kind of in percentages? I'll start with you, Marta. Okay, so uh, in my case right now, uh, I've been looking into my stats from last year. I normally do that after every single event. So right now I'm working more on my long game. So probably like I spend 70% of my practice uh, on long game. And then short game, I consider myself a good short game player. So right now I'm spending a little less, but when tournaments come up, I think it's important to like have a good confidence on your on your short game. So yeah, but as of right now, as I said, 70% on my long game and and yeah, 30% on my on my short game right now. Is your similar or different? Uh, mine's actually completely opposite because I've been struggling a lot on the greens, uh, which has been, I think, the biggest issue in my game. Um, so I think my green hit percentage is like 80, 85%. So I mean, I'm hitting them good off of the tee and into the greens, but I struggle a lot like finishing it off. So I would say my percentage is like 60% of the time it's on the greens and then... You know, when 
uh, like you said, Marta, when the tournaments are coming up, I tend to focus more on short game as well, just to adapt to the different type of grass around the greens and stuff. But overall, tee to green is pretty solid. So I just that that's not necessarily where my focus lies. Yeah, I think it's important. Like, uh, like when you say that you have like an eighty percent of greens in regulation, like in my case, it's like forty five percent. Um, so I think it's it's interesting and super important to to keep an eye on your stats in order to organize your practice. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel, especially like uh, your own view of your game is so different from like what the stats are saying. And obviously, yeah. everyone has their strengths and stuff. But I just feel like sometimes you're dumb playing and you're like, oh, my driver sucked today. And then you look at your stats and you're like, oh, I only missed like two fairways. So it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. On stats, how important are stats to your game, Marta? Well, they're very important. Actually, right now, I, I started uh, in January to work with UpGame, uh, the stats app. Um, they're important because, as uh, Nikki said, like sometimes you feel you've worked, you did something wrong on the course, but then you look at the stats and it actually went pretty well. And something you thought it was okay, it didn't go as, as okay as you thought. So in in my case right now, uh, App Game is helping me a lot with knowing what, what areas I'm, you know, I, we work with a stroke scan and also it's helping me a lot with uh, dispersions. Um. And also right now, stats are helping me to work on next week's golf course, for example, because with all the input I put on my stats app, then I get all my dispersions and I can plan ahead uh, for the next week, which I think uh, it's a big advantage. And Nikki, how do you use stats? How do you reflect on them? So basically, I only started using them like pretty, pretty late, I would say, only like beginning of this year. Because I always felt it was uh, a bit of a distraction to, like, I would be very caught up in keeping track of my stats on the course. And it would make me very nervous being like, oh, I missed a ferry. Oh, I missed a green. And that would get in my head. But I felt I I actually had no clue, like, where it went wrong when I made a, a pretty bad score, you know. So just to have that insight now, I also use UpGame. Um, that's been huge. Like it's it's pretty comfort uh, like confronting to see with my putting how bad it actually is. Um, even on a day that I felt my putting was pretty good, the stats are like nope, it wasn't. So I mean that's it's just cool to see how much you can still progress, and I think that's that's huge. Absolutely, I'd hate to look at any of my golfing stats. They'd be terrible. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure you would have some green numbers in there. I don't yeah. know. So <gasps> moving on to like the driving range, when you if you go to the driving range, as a lot of amateur players will, and they'll hit ball after ball and they'll hope that that will make them better, which is often not the case. What kind of practice and drills do you both use at the driving range? Start with you, Marta. Well, so um, I think uh, talking about drills on the range is important to know, in our case, uh, what time of the season you're on. If you're on the on off season, I think it's important to have a lot of focus on your technique because, of course, uh, we hit the ball very well. But there's always like those little things that we want to work on to increase our consistency and become better every day. Um, right now, for me, like um, as I mentioned before, 
long game wise, I've been struggling with my swing plane. My club became like my my backswing was all all right, but coming down, I used to flat my swing a lot. So I either hit right or the nice little no nice little no nice big hook into the left. <laughs> so yeah, right now, um, since we're starting the season, my off season has been very technical, and now I divide my practice range. Well, my practice on the range right now, having next week a tournament, I would say 40% technique. I like to play, I like to practice in group of balls. I don't know, like five group of balls. Like oh, I'm going to focus on my backswing. Five balls, I'm going to focus on my wrist. Five balls, I'm going to focus on my up, upper body. And then once that's over, then I'll work on my ball flights. And then I would go out to the course and simulate the competition. I don't know about you, Nikki. What do you, what do you work on? So for me, it's mainly like takeaway, just checking my positions and making sure I'm like not rust in the top of my backswing. But I've been struggling a bit with uh, my right wrist. So that's basically why, like I can get in the position I want to be in because it hurts so that's what what I've been struggling with a bit a little bit uh, but for me during the season I would say I would spend only like I would basically divide it in groups of three so it would be wedges irons and long game and then I would basically do like 15 minutes of technique so just checking my positions and it it depends what I worked on with my coaches as well but Usually it would be checking my takeaway in the top of my backswing. And then I would go into, as you said, Marta, the ball flights and the more like transfer kind of drills, mm -hmm. uh, which, yeah, maybe around 20, 25 minutes. Uh, and then I finish off with like the routine what the, that I want to have on the course, pick a target, pick a ball flight and just get my get my game ready to be out on the course. Yeah, I, I want to highlight something you said, which I think is super important. For us, that we play so many weeks in a row, I think those 15 minutes at the beginning of the range where you said you check your position, I think for us, sometimes we think like we have a problem on our swing. But normally, when we play so many weeks in a row, like it comes to basics, like ball position on the stance. Uh, maybe your feet are open and your uh, shoulders are closed. Um, I don't know, maybe you're standing a little bit behind on the swing or the weight on the left foot. So those 15 minutes, uh, those are important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially with like windy conditions. You always change a few things in your setup and just being able to go out on the range and get everything back on track, like where you want to be and make sure that your setup is correct. Like I, I think that's huge, just... Not having to worry about your alignment on the course is just very important. a short game I think that's where a lot of people struggle I don't know about you but there's nothing worse than like duffing a wedge shot or or just performing poor because that's such an important part of the game um what drills do you implement to improve your short game and what lies do you mostly work on Nikki so for me um I would say it's pretty important to have my left arm leading so I would do a lot of left arm only drills and I would say my short game is pretty consistent so I would just to be honest uh challenge my boyfriend and we would do like crazy chips and 
make it a competition and that's usually what what i do for short game or when i'm at a tournament uh, i i compete against the other girls around the greens and just get it more into performance rather than sticking on technique too much but that's just for me personally so it's basically the same as on the range like once i've done that technical checkup i just go out and let it go I, c I can agree with so many things like Nikki's saying for me I consider myself a really good short game player uh, I feel a lot I visualize a lot what I want to do uh, I don't have a specific technical practice I do I focus a lot and I would recommend this to everybody um, I like to focus a lot of my on my landing area because that's gonna help you visualize like how you want like how's the shot gonna look like and if you only focus on where you want to land the ball like the rest is just gonna happen and it's gonna go well so yeah for me i also focus a lot on what nikki was saying like i like to work on many difficult lies because i think if you know how to do the difficult the easy is gonna be so simple and then um yeah just work on different ball flights like low chip flop shot shot from the bunker like i don't know 30 40 50 yard shot like you want to know how to play like a short-sided uh, flag a long flag bump and run high shot i mean you have to you have to be aware of your abilities and in order to do that you have to practice them yeah i agree especially with like what you said um about the landing spot i think that's very important to just visualize the shot but even from tea to green, I think that's that's where a lot of people lose shots, maybe even because, um, you know, they're not. Uh, I think visual visualization is pretty big. Yeah, it's big. So I think on that and the rest made that. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, and I think I, I, I feel probably some amateurs, they struggle with short game because they want to when they're around the green, they want to get the ball very close. Or they're not aware that the swing has to be shorter, okay? Because if, if you're closer to the pin, the, the swing has to be smaller. And then the importance of moving your body. Like the swing goes around towards your body. It's not about moving your arms or trying to lift the ball with your hands. No, the clubs are designed to lift up the ball. If you move your body and you open your club face, the ball's going to go up. You don't have to do anything else for the ball to go up. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. Focus on landing spot, which I work on a lot. And also work with your club face and move your body. Don't, don't do a, a swing just with your arms because that's not going to work out. Yeah, I think also um, in like short-sided chip avoidance i would say like make a good choice in where you want to hit hit the ball like don't leave yourself with a short-sided flop shot over the bunker or whatever because that's like a one in a million shot so yeah. i think it's important to make a good choice before hitting your approach to make it easier around the greens because i mean of course there's always going to be a chip where you're like oh, i i pull it off but once you're like on the 18th green to win a tournament, you don't want to leave yourself short-sighted. So no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Marta, Nikki spoke about doing technical drills with her like partner. Do you find you tend to do technical work solo, or is it helpful to do it with other people? Well, since I've been a kid, I think I've always worked competition 
around the greens, putting, chipping on the range. Uh, I've always been very, I mean, I'm, I'm very competitive. And I think if you work on your competitiveness through practice, it's going to help you through competition. But for me, yeah, uh, of course, sometimes I like to be solo and work on, on my own things. But I think competing in practice helps you and it's also more fun <laughs> definitely and focus you both mentioned focus but that's an issue for many golfers um nikki how do you keep your focus up especially in practice draws which can be a bit boring uh yeah that's basically why i divide my practice in like little blocks so i would go technical work take a little break you know drink some water get some food in uh, I think a lot of people don't eat enough, like on the course. That's what I've struggled with myself. Um, and actually this year I made a bit of a change, like in my approach towards food and what I eat. And that's helped a lot. I'm, I just have so much more energy and I'm able to make like good decisions. And I think during practice, it's important to not be stuck on one drill the entire time so just like if you want to do um, a performance drill just do it once and make the best score you can make move on to another one if you want to and keep track of how you're doing to see if you're improving because uh you can beat yourself up and i think once you've like reached the point of beating yourself up during practice it's not going to be as efficient as it would be if you're still calm and in a good spot mentally so i think setting a goal for every practice is pretty important yeah i completely agree with what you say like sometimes i've had the situation when you're like so lost because you don't know what the purpose of your practice is and i mean you might be practicing i don't know for six seven hours and you get out of the course be like oh i don't feel like i achieved anything but if you go to the course with like a plan okay i want to do this today and this is going to help me here maybe you don't do the best score of a drill you want but if next week you go there with the same purpose of doing this the best you can, you can keep track of that and you can see your your performance, how you're becoming better. So that's also going to help you with, okay, if I have a plan on the course, it's going to help me out to become better. And also for your confidence is super important because you see you're improving. Um, but yeah, making blocks is important and I agree with like nutrition. Golf is a very long sport. You play for so many hours that we're not aware that sometimes you forget, oh my God, I have to drink water every hole. I have to keep eating because it's like five hours. Like it's almost the space between two meals. Like you have to put something in your body and you're moving all the time. And Nikki, what do you tend to eat when you're out in the golf, on the golf course? So I have this like meal shake, which is just, it's like, around 500 calories so I make sure I get like a proper meal in on the course so I sip on that and I have some nuts fruit bananas uh, dried mango dates just that kind of stuff and a lot of water I put some electrolytes into my water as well just to you know stay hydrated so yeah I think it's pretty straightforward pretty boring but yeah that's what I usually have on the course <laughs> well dry mango is not very boring it's actually oh, it's so good <laughs> it's very sticky though so sometimes you're just yeah. like ever gonna swallow it 
yeah and Marta what do you have to snack on yeah I'm pretty boring too like I don't know granola bars um I also always like some chocolate even though when it's very hot it's always melted but I I enjoy it a lot nuts fruit like even bananas I don't know mandarins apples pears I don't know uh, water I do electrolytes when we're when we play in the summer or somewhere where it's very very hot where I tend to sweat a lot. I don't know. Sometimes I bring some carrots and celery, which it might be a little bit less boring. I don't know. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like simple stuff you can keep eating all the time, and you don't feel like you have to spend a long time, and you feel very heavy after eating it. we move on now to putting I know Nikki you said that's <laughs> you don't like it too much <laughs> but um when it comes to putting Nikki what do you think are the key components that should be in your putting routine I would say be decisive so once you've chosen your line uh, and the speed you want to hit the pot on just just do it and don't get like stuck in your head Because that's what happens with me a lot. Like I would see the line and I would be committed to the line. And then once I'm over the ball, I'm like, ah, it might just be something else, you know? Uh, So I would, I would try to, uh, I'm, I'm not using a line myself. So not uh, lining up with, um, with the line on my golf ball, but I would pick a spot somewhere like a foot in front of the ball um, towards the, like the point I want to hit it Uh, and that's helped a lot Uh, so I think it's just important to be confident and commit to the choices you make because I mean you're gonna hold some you're gonna miss some and like once you get stuck in your head you're gonna miss more than you're gonna hold so you might as well just commit to it right yeah putting is 50 50 50% 50% goes in, 50% goes out. So yeah. if you have your attitude towards the 50% that it's going to go in, you are almost in the hole already. Yeah. So you think attitude can make a massive difference, Marta? Oh, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I mean, of course you have to. I mean, for me, I do aim point, which helps me organize my practice towards the, the goal of aim point. So for me, it's very important that the ball comes in the correct line so I practice with uh, gates uh, then uh, speed control I always want to pass the hole one feet and a half one foot and a half even though I struggle with that but that's the the goal <laughs> and then um, that's the second part of my practice and then the third part of my practice is to calibrate myself feel the different slopes with my feet and then um, depending on the speed of the green, I calibrate to like where I want my my elbow to be in order to to aim. So one, once I'm on the course, that's like my routine. Uh, I feel the putt. I visualize the putt going in. I put the line, I pick a spot and I hit it. I think the simple, the simple you, you keep it the, the easiest sometime. Because I think golfers, we tend to overthink a lot. Yeah, I agree. I like that approach. And also in putting, which is like a a place where you have more time to think. It's not like the tee box where everyone hits and then you go to the next place. Like on the putting, 
on the putting green, you're you're spending more time with yourself. So I think um, the simple you keep it, the the easier it's going to be. I think that's a really good point because I do think golf can become and has become in many ways so complicated. There's so many messages out there. It's yeah. trying to sift through all that. Also with so much technology. Mm. Like I think technology is awesome, really is, but we we have to know when it's good or for how long or how many minutes or hours it's good. Or maybe for you it's good, but for me it doesn't it doesn't fit that well. I think it's golf is a is a sport of knowing yourself very well and know what works well for each individual. I think that's a good point because advice that works for someone won't always work for someone else. And Nikki, why do you think a lot of people struggle to read the greens? Is there anything when you implement in and how to kind of overcome like reading green? Yeah, I would I would say aim point is is, is a big thing. Uh, I think your eyes can kind of like betray you in a way. Like um, sometimes you're so sure once you've seen the green, it's going to do a, a certain thing, but it's actually not because once you're on there, it feels very different. Um, and I used to trust my eyes more than I would trust my my feet uh, walking around the green. Uh, and that's where I think I, I went wrong in like in the past um, but these last couple of weeks I've been working very hard on aim point and I think feeling the green is 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 very important um, so I if, if you're an amateur and if you're struggling and uh, I would say just go out and feel like that's just practice it on the on the practice greens and try to see if you can feel what actually happens um, and also try to look at the landscape because especially if you're on the hillier courses, like in the mountains, everything's going to run to the lowest point. And obviously there will be like slopes on the greens, but that would do something other than the than the landscape would suggest. But uh, I, I think looking at the surroundings, looking at the way the fairway slopes, uh, I think that's that has a huge uh, impact on the on, or on the green as well. So. Yeah, normally sprinklers are a good guide. Yep. Yeah, little tip over there. Yeah. <laughs> so we've spoken about all three parts of the game. Lastly, how do you get all parts of your game working well, like simultaneously? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if someone finds an answer, please DM me. <laughs> I just think uh, we are a sport that sometimes we tend to practice more different from what our competition looks like with this i mean our competition consists of playing 18 holes with one ball sometimes i feel we tend to practice more on the range on the chipping green on the putting green then we go out to the course and we play many shots i think for everything to fall in together and become a very pretty puzzle we have to simulate competition on the course play more on the course, even if it's nine holes, but commit to yourself. Like I'm going to play like a competition. I'm going to try to imagine I'm, I don't know, on the 18th green, play, hitting a putt to win a tournament. Um, I think with your mind, you can recreate all those situations and you can, you can make all your practice come together. I don't know what you think, Nikki, but this is something like 
I've always thought about like, you know, when you see other sports practicing, they simulate a lot of competition or minutes playing. And for us, it's like, oh, no, I'm going to go to the putting green and then chipping green and then range. But why don't you go out to the course and play? That's what you do. Play golf. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. I think you uh you put it out there pretty perfectly. Um, I think just people get stuck on technique too much because it's a pretty easy escape, I would say. Because uh, there's always something you're going to be able to improve. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to perform well on the course. And the course is not the driving range or the putting green. So... Like you said, Marta, go out there, play as much as you can, um, play from awkward lies, play from strange, uh, I don't know, strange conditions, whatever, uh, play when it's pouring down. Um, uh, I think if you have like this five footer on the last and you're like telling yourself, okay, this is to win my very first tournament or this is to win my first major or whatever it is, I think that's huge. Just being, like I said, being comfortable with, the uncomfortable and I think that's what happens during a tournament so you might as well want to like put it out there before the tournament happens so you know what to expect once you're in the position yep I like that be aware on be aware of it yeah I think it takes away a lot of stress as well because in your mind you've been you've been there before so you don't have to panic as much because you know you can pull it off and you know you can save yourself out of any situation so yeah you're prepared for what's about to happen and that that gives you confidence when you know yeah. what to do So to finish this podcast, um, I don't know if you noticed, but on our socials, I sent out a request for questions um, for people to give us what they want to know um, from you two. So first off, Marta, um, this came from Tom. Do you have any tips for playing a shot on a severe gradient, either an up or down slope? I think Nikki mentioned some stuff earlier, but get your perspective so like an, a normal normal shot um yeah so just any tips for playing a shot on a gradient as in uphill downhill yeah so i would say uh downhill and uphill it's also very always very important to have your shoulders and your hips parallel to the heel so uh with a downhill slope i think it's important to put the ball towards the left foot put your shoulders and hips parallel to the um, to the heel and swing swing like towards the downhill you know and keep in mind that the ball is going to go to the right and an uphill slope is going to be the opposite you're going to keep the ball a little bit more in the center of your feet um and you have to aim a little bit more right because the ball is going to tend to draw. In case of a lefty, of course, it's going to be the other way around. Nikki, thoughts? I think ball position is important as well as, um, like you said, not leaning, leaning or like into the into the slope. Just stay on your low foot, basically. Yep. Fabulous. And another question 
Um, Nikki was, what are the key things professionals do that amateurs do not do? What I think is very important, uh, like on a golf swing, is to find something that works for you. So nobody's going to swing it the same. Like you see it in every professional golfer. Everyone has a different swing. Obviously, the the basics are pretty similar, like the positions they might want to be in. Um, but the way they get there is very different. So as an amateur, I would I would recommend not to compare yourself to anyone. Also for the professional, of course, but don't compare your swing. Don't compare how far you hit it. I mean, it's it's good to be challenged, but it's also very important to stri- stay true to yourself and to your body. So I would say find a swing coach or a putting coach or a short game coach that has the same like beliefs um, and, you know, that works in a way that works for you. And just like we mentioned before, I think it's important to split it up. Don't get stuck on technique because... Once you're out on the course, you don't want to be thinking about your technique too much. And Marta, what do you think? Do you think there's something you do as a professional that you didn't do when you were an amateur, which has made a big difference? I mean, I think for for us, maybe, like, we've worked through our amateur careers knowing, or at least for myself, knowing that I wanted to become a professional. So maybe when you're an amateur, sometimes you... They tell you what to do. Now you do what you want to do and what you know you have to do in order to become better. Uh, but I think uh, a big difference become, be, between amateur and professional is like the hours of practice, like the focus you put on the practice. Like we talked before, like it's important to know what your goal is going to be in practice and keep in mind your stats and how to plan your practice. And of course, you have more time to practice, so... Okay, moving on. Um, next question came from Katie. Is there any equipment which you've invested in which you have seen the biggest changes from? You mean like things you could use in technique or yeah, for... I'm guessing so. That's what she means. Okay. Um, so for me personally, it would be Trekman. Um, because I can use it everywhere and it's the same everywhere. So I can use it for my putting to make sure that I like uh, have a good roll or I have um, a good tempo or whatever but also uh, once you're in like I played on uh, in South Africa beginning of the year so it's nice to see how far the ball flies there compared to here so I think that's a huge um, advantage so I would say that's like the best investment I've made. A very important investment too is having a good fitting I mean having a good material in the back is going to help you play or adjust the material to yourself not be the other way around and that's also going to help you when you have a lot of weeks in a row um playing so if you're more tired you are you know that you can still move the club in a good speed and the ball is going to do what you want it to do i mean maybe back in the day we they didn't have that opportunity but i think now the 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 club industry is huge so if we can, we have to take advantage of it. Perfect. And Nikki, I think this came from someone close to you, but how can I hit my irons as good as Nikki? Hashtag girls from my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Nikki, just... please. I want the tip too. 
Um, well, I would say find a way that works for you. Um, I think that's very important. Uh, like when I'm working with my swing coach, we hardly ever take videos because we don't really care what it like looks like. All we care about is like what happens to the ball and what my swing plane is and that kind of stuff. So, you know, once I get into that, taking a lot of videos vibe i just focus on oh i don't like that position but i mean it works so why would i change it you know so i think um not being too caught up in what it looks like is huge for me and also just trust it it's it's weird because i i like i struggle trusting my putter but it's for me it's so naturally to just trust my swing so I mean, I've put in a lot of hours uh, on the driving range and it's just, it's always been my main focus to get the ball where I want it to be. So it's just kind of my second nature, I guess. Just practice until your hands bleed and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of the story. <laughs> well, I could chat to you both all day about technique. There's so much to discuss, but we don't have... I don't want to take any more of your time out of practice, etc. Lastly, I always kind of end the podcast on getting both of getting the advice of our players on or our other players on Letas and those who might want to join. Your best advice um, for playing on the tour. Start with you, Marta. Best advice I would give someone to start playing on tour would be to enjoy the journey plan your trips in advance because that's gonna take away a lot of stress and surround yourself of people that help you be better and nikki your best advice uh, my best advice would be pretty similar <laughs> um but i think it's like I traveled with a good friend of mine, Madit, um, and I think that's very important because you're away from home a lot. And just to surround yourself with people who feel like family, I think that's that's the biggest part because, I mean, it can be very lonely. So you want to, you know, make friends along the way and surround yourself with positive and good people. Um, and also, you know, count your blessings, like we get to do this for a living so yeah sometimes you have a tough day and sometimes life is hard and but i mean everyone's life get hard gets hard sometimes so just be blessed and be happy that you get to live the life you love every day and like put it in a bigger perspective and as you said marta it's about the journey um so it's just another day in the journey and that's just keeping it simple Thank you all for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Boffamy-Dakin. And a big thank you to this week's guests, Nikki Hofstede and Marta Martin, for sharing with us their tips, tricks and ways to improve our golf technique. Well, I certainly learned a lot there. If you did too, then we'll show your appreciation by rating, reviewing or subscribing to this terrific podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcast to give the series a boost and help others find it. Tune in next week as we prepare for our next tournament. The wait is finally over. Let us is back with Terra Blanche. With last year's winner, Lucrezia Colombotto Rosso, joining us on the pod. See you then.